Franchise law essentials for training franchisees, a critical area, um, particularly in business at any time, but essentially at the moment through tougher times in the next few years, I think are gonna be really hard. So for a franchise group to be successful, we're gonna learn some of the key elements from one of the very successful entrepreneurs for franchising. His name's Charles Bonfilio. He's an American entrepreneur, he's a franchisor, he's president and CEO of Tint World. And after owning a number of top automotive franchise locations and starting an automotive e-commerce business as well, he developed Tint, Tint World to uh, begin, fr begin franchising. In 2000, um, since then, he's been instrumental in growing the brand in four different countries. Um, he actually lives in, uh, in Florida, in the US. Uh, Charles, welcome to our franchise radio show. Lovely to have you here. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I've got, a, I've got a few questions for you. <laughs> um, so uh, I've got them lined up, so we'll, we'll take along through this. So the first one, a bit of philosophical sort of uh, view of things. Bus business is tough in any market, and wonderful as franchising is, just like any undertaking in life, it's got its challenges. So what's your core driving belief that's helped you grow such a successful international franchise group, Charles? Um, I just, uh, I've been in franchising a long time and uh, from a guy running a store to running multiple stores to now running a franchise system, it's, uh, it's been every day, it's the same thing. So it's just a matter of new challenges come every day. And as you get bigger, it's like a ship. It doesn't turn so quickly. So you just have to be able to be, you know, nimble and put things in place that, to prepare for these things the best you can. Always expect the unexpected. Prepare, prepare for the worst, but really you can take advantage and leverage, you know, the best that, it, that can come out of these things. Okay, no, I appreciate that. And I, I was interested because uh, it's that core sort of, I can hear just from the few words you've said already, you know, why you're successful, because it is that passion to be behind the business and uh, everyone that's involved. So I'll run through some key operational aspects of the business with you. That's what I, I think we can help people with the most. So the first one, start at the beginning, I suppose. What opening procedures do you actually teach your, your franchisees, Charles? Well, you know, we really, we really uh, expand our, our learnings because a lot of the franchisees that we have, we're not, we're, you know, we try to run operations where they're going to actually manage people that are going to manage their location at, it's not a one person owned franchise or one or two people. They're usually going to be three to six people in each location. And the owners eventually maybe not going to be in there all the time because they might expand to multi-store owner. So from that angle, we have to really teach them a lot how to work together with us, how management skills, um, you know, business processes and, you know, about the brand, about the customers, what they like, you know, based on everything we've built and how do we, you know, run these procedures. So that's really when it starts to train them to open up their business. But we do a lot with them just on finding the location, negotiating the leases um, or purchasing the property, doing the build out with them, ordering their displays, their equipment and furnishing the place ready, right ready from when they're ready to grand open. So when we do that, um, we, we take them to a whole system of teaching more about business and relationships and management in the earlier uh, week or two. And then from that point, it starts rolling out to the technical and business aspects of it so they can handle the business when they get in there and to be more educated. And so to teach some, you know, you know, a group of people that from all walks of life 
in four weeks is a big call. But once we get them open, we have the opening team for the first six months. They're getting calls every day and visited every, every few weeks. Um, and we're helping them all the way through. So it's really important because if, if they get off to the right start, um, then they can actually understand and follow the system. If you leave them, they're all wandering on their own. Eventually, they're going to pick up bad habits because they're not really, they don't know what else to do. They just pick up things that they've heard or learned or, or, or one of their employees told them. So we want to really keep them really close, just like a, a child. You know, when you want, after they get old enough, you can let them learn on their own, but you really want to get them at least focused in doing it the right way, the Tim World way. Right. Now, something I picked up on there, I didn't realize, so, uh, are most of your franchisees joint venturers? In other words, that you've got multiple number of owners of each franchise? Yeah, we have, um, we have some owners own three of them or four. Um, some are developing five of them. Um, some people feel really comfortable managing like that. And then some people, you know, early, you know, when they're not used to maybe working in big organizations and they're younger, maybe they just want to you know, run one store. But eventually, after they get the hang of it and they start realizing they can, they can, you know, they can manage this, they can delegate, um, they realize they can actually open up more and they start to grow by also, you know, our annual conventions, they'll meet other franchisees there that are at another level. And like, how did you do that? And they, they learn from each other. Uh, how do you leverage our system as well as we really want to train them? It becomes like one big family. And that's really, that really helps. Uh, it really right. makes uh, them feel like they're part of something more than just a brand name. That is the way they want a lifestyle. And we try to give them that with the people and the support. And it's, it's, it's never easy. But if you care that much, no matter what, however much they like you or they own, if you care that much, they will see that. And it really goes a long way when you have the right people around you in your corporate office and really having that same mindset is we're really there to help them. You know, even if it takes us kicking, screaming along the way until they get over that finish line, we're, we're getting them there. Right. Uh, so it's creating that trust, I suppose, is the key there. Okay, so uh, did I pick up correctly there? So your franchisees, your franchise outlets, are they often owned by more than one person? Yeah, we have some stores that have some owners that have multiple locations. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say about maybe, I'm going to guess around 30% of them. You know, there's about 10 or maybe 20 stores that have multiple locations, 20 owners um, out of the 80 that we have. Um, and so and it seems like more and more people are coming in and, and purchasing a market area to build, you know, three stores, two or three stores, um, where earlier on they'd buy one and then they'd eventually open up another. Um, so we have special programs for that really just to take them to a, a quicker place to, you know, to get to, you know, one or more stores, whatever the person wants, we want to get them there. But as you start growing as a franchise, you start getting some of the bigger players and they really say, you know, I want this, but I want this whole market. And when you get them, um, it's, it's really nice to work with those people and, and really grow a whole market out. And, and then we just focus on different areas. So it's nice. Yeah, look, those sort of people are gold for a franchise or, of course, because you, you know, it's so much easier opening further stores when they already know the business backwards and you know them well. So, so how, how do you actually attract your franchisees? What do you find is the most successful way of attracting new franchisees, Charles? Well, you know, it, you know, over the years, we really didn't, I didn't really put a lot of my time into 
attracting franchisees. I mean, I've been, I've grown to about 80 stores in, uh, you know, since 2007 when we launched franchising. So, I mean, it wasn't like major growth. Some of these concepts that come out there, they're, sell, they're, they're really selling a lot. But to me, it's a real strict service business. I really wanted to make bigger footprint stores, nicer locations, the ability to do bigger numbers, higher gross profit margins. So putting the whole business network and ordering and processing and technology and marketing systems to me was really where I was focusing. Now that our system is really matured and we can really handle like, you know, opening them up quicker and we have all the systems in place. Now it allows us to be able to focus on, you know, awarding franchises quickly, marketing them more, and we've built a significant system. But uh, in the past, it's just been a little bit of paid search marketing, a little bit of um, social media, a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe the, the portals, the franchise portals would give you some leads. They're not real strong leads, but the people would interest. Um, and some of them, three years later, they, they came from a lead and on and off, they're thinking about it. And then something like this comes along. I'm sure there's people one or two years or three years ago that were looking at their world just by finding it or, or being a customer of ours and said, this would be cool. And now what's going on here, all these 20 million people, whatever lost their job, um, they're going to be looking to do something on the other side of this. And we have really great relationships with the banks to be able to get them loans, to be able to afford buying a franchise rather than hoping they're going to get a job. And we are an essential business. They've seen how we've weathered through this and we're, our stores are doing well. Um, it's not a far stretch. And there's other industries that have really not done as well. They weren't well prepared for this kind of a, you know, and it's sad, but we just were lucky. And um, it, it, this is actually going to fare well for us, I believe. Well, as they say, you make your own luck. <laughs> so um, from the point of view of, you know, getting franchisees up and running, as you say, that's when you have a lot of contact. How do you get your new franchisees to attract customers themselves, Charles? So, well, we, we help uh, franchisees in a, in a number of ways. Um, we, we do online marketing. We have an attractive website. You know, we're partners with our dealers that refer us to, you know, customers. Um, you know, our franchisees do local, you know, marketing on their own. Uh, we're in a really attractive business where they can do car shows or events. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of support that we give them. I mean, they want marketing material, anything that they need. Like, we're, we're, we're always pushing it out to them. So um, we're really focused on them having whatever they need to be successful and, and also working with them as a team. Um, we have an advisory council that is uh, different in different market areas. Each area has one franchise that's elected, and we have a total of six of them plus one in Canada that represents the Canadians. And we, uh, we have calls and, and Zoom meetings and, and, and in-person events at, the, uh, at our annual convention as well as one other time of the year that we'll have these meetings and we'll talk about what we want to do, what's going on in their area. And sometimes it's a little different. So putting the time and effort to see you know, what's working and what's not and you know, what, you know, what's happening, what new products or services that are different areas of market seeing and based on that feedback by communication, we're always trying to be proactive and evolve our business system and services because we are in a, you know, in a really a niche market in a lot of ways in the various products that we sell in the tent world. Your, your, your organization quite quite, quite, covers quite a broad area, doesn't it? Could you just summarize for our listeners perhaps actually what you, how would you, how would you describe um, Tint World 
Charles, in a, in a few sentences. Um, well, I would say that Tint World is first and foremost a automotive, automotive aftermarket accessory center that does um, window tinting, um, mobile electronics. Years ago, we did car stereos, does remote starts and electronics, does lighting, accessories, um, interior floor mats, and stuff that you'll need when you buy a car, the accessory-wise. Um, we do, in addition to doing window tinting, we do a lot of films, we do vehicle wraps, we do paint protection film on the cars so cars don't get damaged. And some of these more expensive cars, it's, it's really not a lot to put it on there because when you go to trade these cars and if you repaint them, it's, it's, it's going to be expensive and it's going to take a big hit on the car. Uh, so you really want to protect these things. Um, we sell ceramic coatings. We offer uh, detailing services. Um, and in addition to doing uh, the stuff that we do on cars, we also offer custom, custom wheels and tire packages. Um, and a whole host of auto aftermarket accessories. But we also specialize in marine uh, services and areas that our stores have marinas and boats, um, like in Florida. I mean, we do everything for a boat that we do for a car, less the, uh, the wheels and tires, um, the tinting and the paint protection film and the wraps and the graphics on the boats and the ceramic coatings and, and the interior. So we do, we do leather interiors and cars. So all these different things that we offer, um, are in the cars, in the marine, and then of course, for homes and office buildings, we offer a residential and commercial window tinting. So where we'll do a solar or security or decorative films for homes and office buildings. So we really carry uh, automotive, marine, residential and commercial services, and um, it allows our store owners to actually develop their retail service operations for their cars and trucks and then eventually add on to these other categories it is really a uh, it's a very simple business once you're operating but it's a very complicated business to get into all these areas of opportunity it's just something that we've evolved years and years and so you know not everybody is always firing on all four cylinders meaning that they're not using every automotive marine residential commercial category they'll start off building their automotive store and then eventually branch out to residential and maybe some marine but once you get it you'll actually be able to build a team that you can really have internal staff and external staff and so different seasons different times of of the year and different regions are stronger in different areas so we've uh, you know we've really kind of really try to expand our services and a lot of it is specialty type services that we train and have certain systems for whether it's software systems or or you know, marketing systems or design systems or a relationship with certain vendors or manufacturers that we private label things for. So once we, we've put a lot of these things together into play, so we really would have a unique model and we're continuing to evolve as we go on all the time. That's like an exciting business, I must say, and hats off to you. Uh, the skill sets throughout your organization must be enormous. So once the sale's done, what's the next step in um, in tent world, Charles. As far as growth, yeah. As as far as I suppose, when a franchisee joins, um, your okay. process and so forth, you touch a little okay, bit. Okay. So what? So typically, you know, once a franchisee will, you know, join our franchise, um, you know, they'll go through a process before they get to that, so they can understand everything. There'll be a whole period of of onboarding and um, where we'll 
specifically work with them on, again, finding locations, getting them all set up, getting it built out and ready to launch and open. And they'll, be, they'll come to South Florida where we are corporate offices and we'll train them in our corporate center and in some local stores that we have. So they'll really get the feel for working you know, you know, with a team of real stores um, after they have their training. And then when they're done with training, by that time they're going back uh, home and they're actually getting ready to set up there and open up their store. Because by that time there's only usually a few weeks of everything has been delivered, it's being installed, they're up and running. Uh, we open them pretty quick, and we send the team out there to do the finishing build-out work, make sure everything's right, make sure everybody's onboarded, help them plan their, um, their opening and their grand opening day event, which is usually a little later. So all these things are put together for them so they know their plan when they go to open up their store. They just need somebody for the first week or so, making sure everything's right and working and the system is going. There's no hiccups. I want everything to look and feel and operate properly. And then after that, they'll have like, they, that's when they're really confident. Most of them, they can open up and time, a few weeks to get things figured out and get to know their new staff and, and, and help them. And then we'll follow up again at their grand opening. We send the whole team out there doing videos on their grand opening day. We send our vendors and some of our suppliers. Um, and then from that point, um, once they get past their grand opening, which is usually about, you know, one to two months after their soft opening, uh, they'll pretty much, they're just ready to just go. I mean, they're really, they've got into it. They have enough knowledge that they'll be able to start building. And then it's your own pace. Everybody, you know, some people look different. Some people are very cautious and pace themselves. And some people are really aggressive. It's just everybody's different. So it's, you know, you want everybody to be, you know, you know, everything go as fast as you can. But you, you're really working with people and you have to work with them in their own way. As long as they're following the system and they're going in the right direction, everybody has their own pace. Um, and, you know, listen, I have big aspirations, so I really enjoy it when I have some, that I have some, some of them that are really, you know, go-getters. But it's, it's exciting for me to help them grow quickly. <laughs> so that, that all sounds, you know, you obviously got quite an organization to handle. How do you schedule your workflows? Um, as far as workflows, as far as what, getting them through the opening process? I suppose you know, once you've got your business up and running. So once the business is up and running, um, then they're basically already trained. We have an operations ma manual. It gives them their opening tasks, their closing tasks, and the, they get to understand how it's, uh, how it's done. Um, they, they, um, they already know how to run the business from day to day. And initially, they're spending a lot of time there. A lot of, you, you really can learn from each other as a group. You're building a team. And after months of going on, uh, a few months, they're, they're past all that initial stuff. Um, at that point, they're really running their business. And then it's just a matter of how good you manage and lead your team. You know, some people really like to work in the business and either be the manager of the business or be the salesperson or they want to, you know, do some of the installations. Some people want to do outside sales for, you know, and they just, they start adapting to what they're good at and what they like. But we have the position descriptions for them when they operate their business. And, you know, we try to tell them that you want to be more of the overseer, the leader, the marketing person, and you put everybody in the right places. But you know, everybody runs their business a little different. Sometimes they feel like they have to be the one that's at the sales counter or, or someone who's doing these laces because they like to do that. Um, and, you know, we get that. But 
we're building a system that is able to operate with an owner operating a team and being part of that team if they think it, it suits them well. You know, our, our, our always thing is you, know, you put the right people in the right places and you're going to get the maximum results. I love the flexibility you offer there. So, so what sort of informational resources do you provide to your franchisees, Charles? Well, when they initially open up, we help them get through the financing process where they get approved for loans. In, in the U.S., it might be a little bit different there. There's different types of government loan programs for franchise companies to help franchisees get in. Um, there's uh, several different ways that we do it, but we're aligned with really good uh, franchise teams that actually take them to their process. Um, and usually they are approved pretty quickly. It's usually a 10-day initial approval, and then it's just subject to you know, securing the, lo the location. At that point, um, we're ready to uh, start finalizing whatever the lease or purchase and build-out commitments, and then it goes right through the training process. And so our whole team internally works with them. They get assigned to one point person that works with them through that process of the opening schedule, um, and then once they're open, and along the way, they're having assigned to an operations person. And once they get to the opening point, um, then the operation point a person takes on with, a, with a, um, a, a new store development manager and someone who works them on just making sure their financial is going forward. A lot of our systems and processes are all automated and integrated. I'm a very geeky technology guy. I like to uh, use really cool software that actually automates a lot of the accounting, a lot of the point of sale, a lot of the CRM functionality, a lot of dashboards so they can just see where their advertising dollars are going, where their business is going, what their ticket average is, what you know, their you know, lead count is. Automate as many processes as possible, but give them some measurable uh, uh, benchmarks so they can see not only what they're doing, but they can look, compare them to other stores we have in our chain that'll make them be inspired and call one another and you know, how are you doing these type of services? What are you doing for that? And they, it's just like one big family. They learn from one another. I love it. So other than traditional marketing, then you're talking about your, you know, your software and so on and so forth. What, what other forms of marketing do you teach your franchisees to use, Charles? Well, we, we, we covered that a little bit. They'll do local marketing, um, you know, they'll, and their local marketing can include, it can include many things. You know, they, could, they, they do a little bit of social media on their own accord. Um, a lot of them are using Instagram and, and they're using um, Facebook. Um, a lot of them, some of them put billboards up, you know, in certain areas to get awareness of who we are, what we do. A lot of them market directly to car dealerships um, by just, on, you know, just going in there. We teach them guerrilla marketing as well as local marketing and technology marketing. Um, they go to car shows. They go to home shows to get, you know, people that are interested in putting decorative film in their homes. Um, so there's a lot of ways that they can do these things. And our website is pretty well optimized and we're a pretty big company. So we're, we get a lot of leads just coming through our website that, that reroute right to them into their CRM and triggers off them, you know, to schedule calls with the customers. So there's a lot of things that uh, the majority of what their business comes from is for what we do for them. Uh, I would say that's probably 80%. But we try to have them supplement their local community marketing so they can be the leader in that. They really let everybody know locally because they know their market's better than anybody all over the world. 
Yeah, absolutely right. So looking now to your, your ongoing day to day, do your franchisees order your products through, through the corporate entity or how do they actually go about placing orders for, for products and so forth, Charles? No, we, we, um, we don't do a distribution model. Our business, I mean, a lot of those times it gets, con, it gets confusing from the franchisor and the franchisee if they're actually owning and selling them the product. Um, what we do is, um, we, I'm very big on making relationships with a lot of vendors. So we have over 60 manufacturers or distributors um, uh, that we have assigned relationships with that they basically support our franchisees as one unit, as one company unit. So we have unified pricing, unified delivery terms, you know, whatever special arrangements we have with one vendor, they cover our whole entire team. So the majority of our business is always well supported and we're a big, a big purchaser um, for many of the brands we have. Um, and so by working with them directly, and a lot of them are direct manufacturers, so we might just say, we want to create our own product. Can you please create it with our brand name on it? Now, it, that's, our franchisees are ordering directly from the manufacturers or our distributors. We're not really taking part in that. We're just managing the relationship to make sure that we have a say to help them if there's an issue, um, if there's a special program we want to do, a special marketing event we want to do, we can work with one or more of these uh, suppliers of ours to try to put a program together that they help in that buying of the program and support us with it. So there's a lot of things that we work, you know, like that. But um, we just set up the, the distribution model for them with our partners, our industry alliances, and then they um, purchase through the, that system. And, you know, sometimes they'll need one other thing that might be unusual for their particular, you know, somebody wants something. And there's always a supplier that they can buy from to get some particular fill-in. But the majority of what we set out is really going to be everything they're going to need. And they're going to get the best pricing because we negotiate really well uh, because, you know, we're one big group. Look, so it's very much like the McDonald's sort of model by the sound of things. Do you, do you get a a margin back from the suppliers or do you just rely on your ongoing royalty fees from franchisees for your incomes? We, we do get some rebates back from suppliers based on purchases of the entire chain. And we also use a large portion of those monies to use it for managing those suppliers. We have to go to their various different offices and meet with them. And so I have like a team of people that are going to, you know, different trade shows, meeting with them, taking them out, um, having uh, weekly and monthly meetings with all the suppliers on new products, getting the data, putting the data on our website, what we're marketing. So it's not, so there is, rather than the franchisee, you know, having any, any, any part of cost of that, that does defray some of the costs of putting the program together and having our annual conventions, which the franchise, the, uh, all the vendors, pretty much the top vendors come to our, our annual convention. And so that money helps fund those conventions when we get it. Right. I'm with you. Excellent. Sounds like a great model. No wonder it's successful. So um, how do you relay the importance of marketing to your franchisees, Charles? Because that's often something that people don't understand. It depends on their background. That is always, um, it, it always is a problem to, to try to have somebody who maybe has never been in the marketing world. Maybe they've been an employee of a company. Maybe they're just younger and they had not experience with it. 
and then she's not used to it. So those are tougher to let them know, but we, our business model pretty much has them come into the training. We tell them how it's done. And the biggest thing that lets them buy in is we just show them the data. Once we just show them, here's the purchasing, here's what we've done, here's the return on investment you have, here's the customers that you have, everything's connected. And when they see those reports, it's like they can see, you know, the money they spend with the marketing that we do for them is actually giving them the whole reason why they're successful. I mean, we, it's, it's 80% of the business that they have. The other balance is the repeat business that they do a good job in the local community that they get to do their local stuff. So um, we're really good at making sure we get a return on investment. Now remember, you have to understand, my whole history prior to being a franchisor was that I was a franchisee with the very large automotive company. I was their top franchisee. Um, they basically, um, and I was gotten, I got very involved with their marketing and the technology department. So everything that I ever wanted that they did not do, they did a lot of things right. And whatever they did, I, I loved, I learned from it. But whatever I felt that they should or could have done, I tried to implement with Tint World because I'm assuming that my franchisees are going to want it. The most picky, the, the top of the line, highest once they really get their knowledge down, are going to want to run their business by the numbers. So I, I give them the data. So when you're transparent with your franchisees, what they're spending, what they're getting, what lead count they're getting, how well they're doing on answering the phone and answering their leads and converting it to a customer and you know maximizing that customer, not only on the first initial sale, but the lifetime value of the customer, their ratings, their reviews, their metrics, their categories of services that they're selling. Because some people come in and ask for one product, but when they're there, it's up to you to let them know about the other products and that, that suit them, that may be a good fit for them. Um, we offer instant credit. So if they don't have all the money there and it's a bigger purchase, they can get credit authorizing, get it approved so the consumer can buy something and not have to pay for it right then and pay them payments. We offer... Um, subscription models where if they want to get their car detailed they can come on on a monthly basis and get it ceramic coated and come once a month and and then get it done so there's a lot of different things that we put together in programs and putting these things together and wrapping around the technology and electronics and omni-channel marketing is not very easy it, it takes the time to put that together and it could take years and it's always evolving um, and so i really enjoy systems and putting these things together um, and as they roll out, you know, our company always gets to the next level because of the effort that I put in with my whole team and the vision that we're always wanting to be better. Um, things I, I'm not doing now, I will be doing in six months. It's been worked on for 18 months. We're just ready to roll out some new things, a whole new user interface for our website. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of cool things we're doing. Now, like a man who's on the move, pretty impatient, but I, I love it. So uh, let's start at the beginning as well with each, each of your 80 outlets. How do you get franchisees ready for each, each, each new day, Charles? What gets them up and running? Well, it's, um, you know, I mean, it's their own business. So eventually, once they're up and running, they're going. I mean, it's not, um, we do have um, the operations team. Uh, they, I have an operations manager that's signed to up to 20 stores. And so that each, each store has at least one dedicated operation person.
So it's someone that they call on, they ask for, but I have a lot of different operations managers and a lot of, some of them are a little, are better at some things than others, just like we all are. So, you know, but we let them know that this might be your designated operations manager, but if you need to know something about the technology, Jeremy is the guy. Or call him about that. He's good with telling about social media. If you want to have something with customer service, you may want to call up Rob, and he's pretty good with working out that customer issue. If you have something with another area of maybe doing an install on a certain product, you want to call Joe because he might be able to be better. Although maybe Paul or Jeff or John is your operation manager. These other guys are always available to you for these specific items as it's part of their title, specialist in the different areas. So by them having that, and then we have a, a, um, um, a, a call center that they can call us and ticket anything they want. Um, they could just go in and just say, I'm having a problem. Where can I get this? They could be a brand new franchisee or somebody that's been around forever. And not only can the franchise or and all the operations people answer that, but also every franchisee can say, I just had that problem. My guy told me to get it here. Here's where I go. And then they can collaborate. So it's not just the, um, it's really like we all help each other in that regard. So you have a lot of time. And there's things that they might want to bitch about. And if they want to bitch about them, let them say it, you know, and, 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 and they get through it. But at least we get to vet it out. It's like family, you know, you, you get it out. And then, okay, let's, how do we, what, what would you like to see us do? And we just go to that next step. So um, it's, it's not always uh, fun, but I tell you, you know, at a time that we've had such a difficult, you know, change in the world right now, I mean, I think we've gained a lot of respect for one another. We for them and them for us as one big team. Um, they're, they're doing well. They see it. They see what other companies are going through. So, we're, you know, we're, we're not completely through it, but we're getting through it. And they're, they're upbeat. They're happy. They're good. For the most part, they're good. Um, so, and we're good. Um, so that's really where, where it's at. I love it. You know, I've been making some notes while we're talking. There's some key elements that you said that I think just hit it on the head. You know, you, you recognise the difference between people and their limit, you know, their own particular skills. Uh, I think transparency sounds like it's a huge thing with you, with, you know, getting getting issues out into the open so that people aren't festering with, with complaints. Uh, but also your, your agility, I think. Obviously, you're, you're able to jump from one thing to the other. Um and uh, and and persistence um, in in what you want to do and what your big picture is. So uh, I guess at the end of the day, uh, if I was to summarise Charles Bonfolio and Tint World, would be that you know the franchise is there for you, and that seems to be the key. Which makes me ask a question. Um, I'm just wondering, you've obviously got a big support team. I mean, what, what's your? You've got 80 franchisees. Um, what, what's the size of your support team? Your you know, in total, your head office and everything, Charles? We have a total of 20 staff. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's... that's when you think about, we have a team of 20 running 80 franchises. I mean, that's like a, what, a four to one ratio? I mean, that's, 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 that's quite a big team. But as you scale... <clears throat> We won't have to grow. We won't have to have that ratio. I would say, you know, there's companies that go with 80 stores and they literally have, they're running with six people. You know, we're really all about like building. You know, really getting it done. Um, so we um, we do have a large amount of team, a big payroll, 
top talent. Everybody's an A player. I mean, literally every person on my team in their own way, they're an A player. Um, and by doing that, um, it's going to allow us to really support them better, make sure they're successful, um, and really grow the company faster. We want to now focus on getting 300 stores open by 2025. So uh, we're really focused on pushing the sales process now and really getting our brand into all the areas that we're not in. And, you know, preferably one to three store developers. Now, other countries, we're just growing organically. I know we have our second store opening up in, in Dubai. Um, it was about to open up and then this whole thing happened. So they're having the same issue there. Um, but when it does get past this, he had his second store all built out, ready to start, you know, ordering all his stuff. So that's growing. He's also looking to spread to other Middle Eastern countries um, that, that uh, my, my partner over there. And then I have, um, you know, we're developing, um, uh, we have stores in Saudi Arabia. Um, we have one store there, I should say, and we have a, an, an operator that eventually will be developing more. And then we have uh, Canada. We really run it with U.S. and Canada as a team. Um, and we love our Canadian friends up there. And, uh, you know, we work with them specially because it's a little different in money exchange, a little different in the type of marketing and brands and, you know, and requirements based on where they're at. But it's really not a far cry from what we are. We just have to kind of just make some adjustments for, for them. Um, and so we're growing pretty good. I think we've got like three more stores under development in, um, in Canada. And we got quite a few people seeing that we're growing. The organic growth is really what's happening. You asked me, you know, I don't really, I never really spent a lot of money on, on advertising, on franchise opportunities, just, you know, enough to get attention. And, you know, uh, you know, customers become franchisees. Um, people that see us, they look us up online, they come, you know, on social media. And then once we open up a store, other people see it and they say, oh, it's a franchise. And then they want to open one in another city. Um, and so it, it kind of, it's, it's a cool, sexy type of a business. It's a nice lifestyle if it's what you want in a business. Um, it's a good model. Um, I really built it because I really enjoy what I do. My whole life I've enjoyed being in the automotive market. I want it to really be a cool, nice, fun, automated market, you know, business model where people would not only need these items, but want these items and services that we provide. And we're really trying to really push our electronic online ordering so now they can really pull directly from our warehouses, our partner warehouses, and ship to the store or schedule installations, smaller items they might want to ship to their home, little stuff they need to their home or their cars. So we really want to expand the online presence as well as far as with e-commerce purchases. I think you've, in talking to you, one of the things I've learned and one of the, I suppose, one of the key elements that I always think about when I'm talking to a franchisor or looking at a franchise organization, speaking as someone from inside the franchise sector, is actually what do you have to do? How much work to put into recruitment? And the fact that yours sort of happens pretty organically to me is an indication that you do it bloody well. So I'd just like to say, Charles, it's been, been lovely talking to you. Um, I, I'm really grateful for you giving us all this time. I, I just wonder if you've got any last comments you'd like to make before we wrap up? Well, the only thing I really like to tell everybody out there, I know it seems to be a really tough time right now. And I think you really have to, 
you know, kind of really control your mindset to be positive because now's the time to really use the time that you have to do things that are positive for yourself, whether it's a little bit of working out, a little bit of eating right, planning your, your dinners, your lunches, you know, stay off the news too much and all the media and, you know, whatever it is, just kind of focus on getting into yourself, you know, get an audio book, read a book, you know, put something interesting on that you could learn. Think about what business that you want to evolve in. Start looking up franchises. See if that's a way for you to grow. But, you know, look what other people around you who has fared well in this whole thing. Maybe you should take a page out of their book and start practicing those things. Look for the successful people. Don't try to make up new things. It's really hard to be, you know, a provider and create new things from nowhere. You have to, it's better to find what other people are doing that's working for them that you can align and see yourself doing. And you know, maybe one of those paths are good, but try to do some positive things with your time instead of worrying about you know, all the other stuff that's going on. That's gonna, that's gonna be there. Worry about the things that you can control. Don't worry about and be concerned about the things you can't control. Be mindful of your rules that you should be you know, doing the cleaning and the, and, and the social distancing. All those things are fine. But live in passion of how you're going to get out of this. Because when we get out of it, that's not for you to figure out that problem. That's for you to figure out how, when I come out, I want to be that much smarter, that much stronger, that much better, that I'm going to figure out a way that I'm going to come out on top. And if you focus your mind to do that, that's good. If you're taking in the negative energy, it doesn't give your mind any opportunity to think about the positive energy. So that's what I like to say to everybody. You know, enjoy. Um, we'll get through it. And it'll be really good for you. Charles, that is fantastic. I just absolutely love your attitude. It's infectious. And uh, if I was in the States, I'd be on a plane to Florida. So it's been a privilege having the opportunity to get to know you and, and hearing your words of wisdom. And uh, if people would like to know a little bit more about Tint World and so forth, um, it, uh, the details of how to contact uh, Charles, you can contact him very simply um, through his website or emailing charles.bonfilio at tintworld.com. So I'll send that information out to you. So thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this show. I think it's infectious listening to Charles. And Charles, thanks again. Um, I look, look forward to keeping track of your future movements and seeing where you are by 2025 and, and enjoy the rest of your day, Charles. <laughs>